person. How long do you think it's going to be until there's a McCain biopic? Is there not a McCain biopic already? No, I don't think so. I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to buy like a shitload. <laughs> I'm going to buy a shitload who, of crystals. Who would play, and just who would play John it. McCain? Um, ooh, that's a great question that I don't have an answer Can for. Can I? Oh, wait, no, they Woody made... Woody Allen. <laughs> no, no, they... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they made a movie, it was like a comedy movie, like, about, like, Sarah Palin, I think, and I'm pretty sure that McCain was played in this movie by, uh, Woody Harrelson. Oh, that's yeah. nice. I could kind I of will see bet Woody you Harrelson. They're gonna make a McCain movie within a yeah. few years, and I will... Twenty dollars on this table. They will use CCR's fortunate son in the McCain movie. <laughs> I mean, oh yes, <laughs> yes, they will. Oh Absolutely, my God. it's the it's the fucking helicopter song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, holy fucking shit! My father has a new movie out. <laughs> Probably not going to talk about all the planes he crashed before Vietnam, though. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Klon. Matthias Brimmer. Ricky Reynolds. We're coming to you from the studios at The Fledge in Lansing, Michigan. As we tape this, it is Sunday, December 1st, and thanks for joining us this week. Uh, we're opening today's episode with a new segment uh, that I think we're calling uh, Tied to the Trolley Tracks. Um, in which we are going to uh, try and discuss some uh, moral or ethical questions uh, in in light of um, the holiday season and uh, all the shopping and gift giving that's going on. I don't know. Do you guys? Uh, you guys don't do. You guys don't do the Black Friday thing, do you? No. 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 Okay. I'm just curious. I mean, you can do it online, though, can't you? That's true. Yeah. That's uh, tomorrow, Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Damn, nice. I didn't online retailers still have, like, you know, they're, yeah. like, really big sales as well. Um, but, yeah, I, still still not good. Yeah. But don't have to leave your home. So, well, I saw you know, I saw a post from. Um, who can say what's worse? <laughs> I saw a post from this uh, from this page online that uh, I'm probably paraphrasing here, but basically it claimed. Uh, when it comes to large exploitative corporations like Walmart, uh, it is no less ethical to steal from them than it is to boycott them. And I was wondering how you guys felt about that. So they said it's not less ethical to steal. It, does, is this suggesting that boycott is not ethical? No, no, it's it's saying that it, it, it's, it's saying that stealing is ethical. Right. Yeah, it's as ethical as boycotting. Oh, right. Okay, I got it. Well, are you guys like, are you shoplift negative or something? I'm not. What? I'm against being arrested for shoplifting. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you I do kind of look like a target. And, uh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what's that? What do you Like the dollar amount? I literally have no idea. It's I, not I, very easy to steal from Walmart anymore. Compared I, I, to years uh, past. What, uh, what? How much money do they make in a year? Okay. 
Is it okay? Is it okay? Is it in the millions range? This doesn't mean anything. Is it in the billions? Is it more or less than a hundred billion? It's less. Okay, fifty billion. Wait, so are you sure this is theft and not just general loss? Because they sometimes put them together. Ten billion. Nine billion. Yeah, it was. Can you just say? Right, so... Can I'm, you just say what the number is, please? $4 okay, Four billion dollars. Is that supposed to impress me in some way? I mean, I would no, be... No, I just... I'm sorry, Zach. That was really mean. Um, <laughs> I just think that it's uh, kind of ridiculous that a corporation that makes, um, you know, that amount of money can just, like, write off $4 billion in currency. It's like... Yeah. Still not really impacting them. It's and yet they're way, they can they can write off four billion dollars in loss uh, every year, but still not pay their employees a living wage. Well, I think that's an indictment of the fact that like um, they are like they they value property more than they value. Well, property. they definitely do value property more than their employers, but you know so employees. employees. This is what people say. Listen, I've gotten to a lot of shoplifting ethical arguments in my life mm-hmm. as an ex-anarchist. And what people will say is that the reason that Walmart doesn't pay its workers well is because you shoplifted and now Walmart is suffering. This sounds extreme, but people say this, right? right. That's the, like some of the most bad shit. Yeah, that- and the argument almost makes sense if you're not thinking... It, well, it doesn't make sense, but you can see how this could be convincing if you're not thinking about Walmart, yeah, right? right like, yeah. But it's still on... Right. No, nowhere is this true. Right? Well, I like, mean, and, and also the net worth of Walmart is uh, $338.73 <sighs> billion. So... I think that, like, even, well, I don't know. Yeah. Even if the $4 billion was, like, all theft, right. which would be hilarious, <laughs> first of all. But, um, you know, it, it, it wouldn't matter. It would be, like, less than a third of a percent. Mm-hmm. Do you want to bring this back to the actual question at hand here? Because it seems yeah. like all of us are relatively um, shoplift positive. <laughs> this wasn't supposed well, to then be maybe easy. maybe we don't need to have this discussion. I was I was curious. I was just curious about what you guys thought. I mean, I like the idea. I mean, I like the idea of keeping all wealth uh, on one's own premises. That way, um, everyone can be stolen from, and that way, billionaires really have to work hard to keep the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you get to steal, if you can steal what they have. I mean, well, one person. So I talked to one person uh, about this who had said that they think that uh, whether or not it's more, whether or not uh, the morals are on par with boycotting, or whether 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 shoplifting from Walmart is is more or less ethical, is dependent upon circumstances. In that, like, if you are more wealthy and like you have tons of money Ugh. and you can afford it then you should pay for it but what? if you're so, if you're not but if you're like poor then go ahead and shoplift all this you want is stealing bread allegory is bullshit okay, I, first of all if you are rich you should do more shoplifting because you can afford the legal fees and they're not going to kill you Ooh, i like that I like all that rich people should become kleptomaniacs <laughs> well, i think a lot of rich people are yeah um so i think that 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Right. So, so there's a lot of things at hand here. The, f- it's complicated though because so, criminologists, not realologists, criminologists do a lot of studies and they say that the main shoplifters are middle class or upper class white women. Which we don't see this necessarily playing out in who gets targeted. It's Elizabeth in... Warren. Yes, specifically <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. Um, right. So we, but that doesn't um, necessarily change who gets targeted by. I'm using scare quotes here. Policing in stores. Um, listen, I think a lot about shoplifting. I'm I'm really experienced in this say, area. I went on a as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. But so. That in itself is sort of um, a tactic to make people not really humanize um, shoplifting and not really look at the people because poor people shoplift. Poor people love to shoplift. First of all, it's fun. Like you can't afford to go to the movies, so you could get free things with a free thrill attached, right? Right. Um, But poor people like do shoplift and they get what happens if you look at that is you see the disproportionate disproportionate like Winona notwithstanding the disproportionate consequences for poor people and we're seeing this get worse right we're seeing like extreme violence from rent-a-cops at I don't know Home Depot or whatever right um and so we should maybe look at that I really derailed this as a as a shoplifting enthusiast (laughs) I don't shoplift anymore I have things to lose listen I you know I I actually only recall shoplifting one single time in my life and it was uh, when I went on a trip uh, up north to Frankenmuth with my with my family. I was probably like 12 years old, and I'm like, we're in, I'm like in this gift shop, and I find this tiny little plastic bear, and when you squeeze it, poop comes out of the butt, like it just like just like pops out, pops out of the little butthole, and I was like, damn, I want this. And I looked at the price tag, and I was like, $5? Fuck that. <laughs> so I just put it in my pocket. How did it Dope. feel? It felt pretty good. good. I'm surprised I didn't chase after that feeling in the future. <laughs> yeah, this is like a... I mean, I, I said that it's kind of like a social scientist lie, but to be fair, this is an extremely gendered conversation. Like, you know, and if you think about the things that you desire, like... As a, as a girl, the things that I have a lot of are like this big in the cosmetics aisle, right? Like, yeah. what do we shoplift? Like lipsticks, um, jewelry, things like that. So it's um, when this first started to be a problem, like in the right. We're really leaning into these stereotypes here, I, but like um, these particular men I'm sitting with, mm-hmm. like look like gamers to me. So I'm just making some assumptions. Um, but Thanks. when this first started <laughs> happening, like in the 19th century, there psychologists also a new thing in the 19th century like malls and psychologists they were like women literally be shoplifting right like they were they started writing all these (laughs) theories and these theories these theories are are basically as old as um psychoanalysis itself this idea that like women have this desire to yeah steal things which we some of us do so i don't know know. it's kind of interesting there you have it are either you guys gamers um, I used I to be. Former, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a I'm a recovering I'm, gamer I'm in as recovery, well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I I don't think I've ever shoplifted because I'm overburdened with like a Kantian sense of ethics. So, well, yeah. explain that then. What is ethical or to me, it's not an ethical question to steal or not because first of all, profit. Well, property I just is theft. feel bad about it. 
Why? I stole ready. You feel guilty? <laughs> yes. You feel afraid that you're going to get caught? Oh, I was going to get a job. Yes. And, Do you believe uh, that the Kmart workers, forgive me, Kmart, RIP, um, <laughs> gone but the, not forgotten. The Kmart workers but are. I forgot. Do you believe this other myth is that, like, if you steal, they're going to. I've heard people in, in fights, I've heard people about this issue say, if you shoplift, then they're going to take it out of the paycheck of that worker. No, I don't <laughs> believe that. Um, I mean, it happens, and, but not. It doesn't really. And <laughs> that's why I would say that it's like a completely illogical sense of, um, you know, ethics, because it really uh, just kind of stems from like not stealing from another person, but a corporation isn't a person, right? And, and again, well, it depends I, on who you ask, Matthias. Yeah, that's true. Joke. <laughs> also, my mother was Catholic, so you know. Yeah, all right. So I throw that into the mix. I joke that property is theft, but literally, like these things are produced through you know extreme exploitation and, and theft, stealing land and, and resources, water. You know, plastics are made from stolen water, not to mention labor. So, like, first yeah. of all, it's already stolen. Yeah. Do you want to like really think about what is the what is a boycott then that makes it different from stealing from? Well, I mean, I think that actually that's the really crucial thing here is that um, whether or not it's more or less ethical is kind of. Um, I think circumstantial in the sense of like what is trying to be accomplished because. While you are, I suppose, taking profit and, uh, you know, like the inventory away from these uh, or from, you know, these corporations, um, you know, I, I said to Ben the other day, like, most people don't, like, really publicize if they steal enough things to, you know, make a significant impact on the company. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um and and so the thing about the boycott is that it's extremely public right. and that's the whole point of you know it's the whole idea is that it's a you know a, a solidarity right. thing um, yeah 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 so yes, this is, that's what i so this exists right so Again, as a former anarchist, there are many anarchist resources. Um, there used to be really great active websites on like how to steal and, and a lot of manifestos on why shoplifting is not just ethical but a political act. But it never, ever, from an anarchist, not to, not to be bitchy about anarchists, but there was never a collective action otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. And it was never imagined that it could or should be a collective action with the ex some exception of a few, like, you know, like... Um, cyber anarchist sort of actions that were cool but um really fundamentally this is about like anarchism versus other forms of leftism which is that shoplifting isn't a collective it's not an organized collective action yeah um but it doesn't make it not fun and cool uh you guys remember the the that facebook event the the that spawned a million fucking memes the uh storm area 51 they can't stop us all mm -hmm. what if we applied that to shoplifting they can't arrest us all. Yeah, they can't. They they might be able to arrest us all. Actually, not if we have enough people. Yeah, exactly. Oh, look at they're wearing ski masks. They're trying to stay warm out there. <laughs> this is. 
looting is what you're describing, <laughs> which is also fun and good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. looting negative. Okay. Well, I mean, in, you know, a boycott, you know, result in a, uh, you're, you're, you're obviously not giving the company money, but uh, stealing uh, stuff that costs them money. Well, we should probably uh, should probably move on to the next segment. Um, just for the record, everything we just said in the previous segment is satire. It was a parody. We are not advocating theft. Yeah, for little reasons, it was all a joke. <laughs> a very funny, funny joke. <laughs> very funny joke. We're all playing characters. <laughs> you guys are cowards. <laughs> did uh, did anyone uh, purchase marijuana from a licensed retailer today? No, why? No, I- are, are there any licensed retailers uh, in in the state? In, yeah, there are three of them starting today. Oh, starting all today, in Ann they, uh, yeah, all of them. How do you feel about shoplifting from recreational <laughs> dispensary? <laughs> I feel like it's very difficult. Yeah. I think so too. They uh, usually have that shit locked down pretty well. Uh, many of them have uh, bulletproof glass. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. or or stealing things from a gas station and trying to barter. <laughs> I'll give you five boxes of honey buns. <laughs> you have no idea how much money. You, <laughs> <laughs> you willing to take a chance? You willing to turn out a million dollars right now, sir? A hypothetical million dollars. <laughs> but apparently, uh, so yeah, I mean, there were uh, three. Uh, three retailers that uh, have been licensed by the state of Michigan to start selling uh, recreational marijuana. And um, I guess some people even fucking like camped out outside last night. I bet they I yeah. bet they fucking did, especially in Ann Arbor. Yes, yeah. fucking. I wonder how uh, hippies. <laughs> I'm probably as well. probably fifteen dollars a gram. Probably that's the bottom shelf. Yeah. Like, yes. Um, um, I I am just imagining like three, like just the word gentrification, like turned into an Apple Store style counter interaction with weed and uh, yeah, just oh my god, well, I, I cannot. You've seen those shops that they have in like Colorado, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just like that. <laughs> Like, you have, like, experts on staff who are going to be there to, like, yeah. walk you through the whole process and tell you every little detail about each of the strains. Although, you know, I will say that I was not disappointed by the lack of, like, Bob Marley posters or, like, you know, a poster with, that's, like, uh, red, yellow, and green with a pot leaf or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't miss that aesthetic. I really don't. Yeah, I feel like there's... Uh... The Grateful Dead bears just on a You're huge tie dye curtain. That's like any fucking oh head God. shop in yes. thing. Like, yes. I feel like that's a culture that you're disrespecting. Uh, I and I don't respect it. For the wrong reason. Um, yeah, no, I, I do not respect, like, Americans who have just, like, decked out their smoking <laughs> den. You know, if it, if these were, like, honest Rastafarians, I'd be like, okay, 
you should tell me more about what you do because I have no idea about any of it. But like, I'm Adam is not going to be able to tell you because yeah, he, he doesn't know. Yeah, no. He just thought it looks cool, and he he really likes that one Bob Marley song. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell that I don't hang around any real stoners for the past fifteen years because I get really defensive of reggae. Cause like you know like it's not you know there's there's got to be a medium a between being like we're not gonna we're not gonna consume this this music from the islands because it's associated with white stoners but I haven't like met a regular white stoner in since middle school so Wait, well is, is a regular white stoner different from what you just referred to as a real stoner oh they're the same yeah okay. I just <laughs> I just mean the only stoners I know are socialists okay yeah that's fair that's fair. Um, to your point about, uh, it not having to be either, uh, you know, like quote unquote stoner Bob Marley, uh, aesthetic or, um, Bob Marley chic or, um, <laughs> that's, that's it. or Apple store. Um, you know, you're totally correct. We're living in the free market world of capitalism choices at our fingertips. Yeah, so far. That's that's funny because choice is supposed to be at our fingertips. It's kind of funny how the market is not just working that one out. It's crazy to see how many municipalities are turning down the opportunity to like make money off of this and turn it into an opportunity though. Like Detroit. Yeah, isn't that fucking insane? How how in the hell can a a city that just had to file bankruptcy uh, not too long ago and is like selling off like every chunk of it? Turn down an like this. And you want some money? No I mean, thanks. Right, that would probably be the wa- the reason why is that this would potentially, you know, there's two ways to look at this. Oh yeah, this, no, I see where you're going. Right, so no, there's two ways to look at this. Right, you, you there's obviously political forces in Detroit who don't want people to benefit, people who have been harmed by the war on drugs, to benefit from um, this. However, there's a legitimate fear that we're also hearing about in Lansing that. I mean, the last thing Detroit needs is another boutique industry, and that's what this is, right? Potentially, um, the last thing Detroit needs is more is Midtown recreational dispensaries, right? Yeah. Like that's not. And in terms of tax revenue, I actually think maybe it would be pretty powerful with tax re- revenue, but we don't really know that that will yeah. end and up serving be, people in any meaningful way. And it will be a huge gentrifying influence. Right, right, um, and we've seen this with. We've yeah. seen this with, you know, um, the casinos and um, Shinola, Quicken, right? Like all these, not, not a single one of these things has benefited the average person. God knows they don't benefit the schools. They don't benefit the transit systems, right? So I don't think weed's going to be any different. Although it would be cool if it was different. We could try to make it different. This as, time, it's going to be different. Well, isn't that, isn't that a point in... Um Part of uh, Bernie Sanders' legalization plan. Yeah, there's yeah. sixty billion dollars total worth of investment into um, communities and uh, businesses. Uh, basically, uh, he wants to turn like past criminal records into resumes uh, and employ those people because I mean they know what they're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. they shouldn't be. Uh, no, not only should they not be punished for uh, what they did, but they should have the opportunity to uh, utilize that. Yeah. And uh, keeping them out of the market is just when you have people like John Boehner in the market, it's just. Uh, so you like, God, I hate that man so much. Has so much outing legislation. And, 
He was like the original orange asshole. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's what happens when you get a cheap spray tan. Or, well, I mean, I guess, or look like that, whatever the truth is. But, you know, <laughs> it, it sucks to be a public person. I kind of despise boutique weed culture. Yeah. Like the whole, like... I, like, I honestly, I love, like... Some of my favorite dispensaries are, like, black-owned brands. Like, but, like, uh, they're very rare. I mean, like, mm-hmm. even in, like, the uh, dispensary where I work, it's, like, a um, like farmer's market model where there's, like, 40 different booths that are open to people to dispense their own product. Um Really? One or two out of like forty. Out of forty. Wow. It's very, very, very starkly. Uh, and in a lot of it's like, I mean, it's it's just re- access to resources. Right. It's yeah. Not, it's not. Uh, it's not cheap to be able to set up like a grow operation and, and go through that. And, it, it sounds like it's a business. Is it perhaps capital? Yeah. I think also, you know, there's nothing, considering what's going on in Lansing in terms of like the abrupt changes in licensing policy, et cetera, it's hard to know that the thing that you're doing is going to be safe for you to do right. in the long term. And I, you know, I could see some people being afraid <laughs> to get involved because you never, you literally, they could just change their minds and like, Start rounding people up, honest to God. They could. Yeah. Well, I feel like that brings us into our next fucking segment. Oh, wonderful. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. We all know that ICE agents, the people who run immigration and customs enforcement in the United States, honestly, probably most of the Department of Homeland Security are just like the most, like the absolute fucking scum of the fucking earth and should probably be tried for crimes against humanity. But this was even further demonstrated uh, last week when the Detroit Free Press reported that uh, in the last year, ICE had set up a fake university and enticed uh, foreign born students to apply uh, and attend this university um, and then revoked their student visas and then arrested and fucking deported them. Um, So if, I, if I'm getting the details right, I set up this fake university, uh, told all of these foreign born students uh, who had visas to be here, uh, Come and apply. Come, come attend this university, and uh, they collected like literally millions of dollars worth of tuition money. And when these kids showed up to go to school, they arrested them and said, "Just kidding, uh, you're here illegally because we lied to you. So now you're going to be deported." Yeah, like well, their their, uh, their visas were revoked because uh, the only reason they had a visa is because they were students, and you can't be students in a fake school. So right. Yeah, it was, it, it, I mean, it was the, it, it, it's very reminiscent of, like, all of these uh, law enforcement uh, stories that you hear about where um, people are kind of, like, goaded into doing these things. It's like when you hear about, like, Gosh, is there a uh, word for that? I wish there was a word for that. Entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, when you find uh, ding, ding, you ding, like, ding. stories of, like, FBI agents, like, oh, we, um, you know, figured out this plot to, uh, this student was gonna, you know, cause this terrorist attack on this campus, and then, like, you find out, like, 
Well, it was actually the FBI that contacted this kid who was, like, isolated and already, like, predisposed to radicalism and then, like, you know, got him the supplies and, like, set him up. And, like, they these situations where they set them up in a way where, like, they put him in the making of uh, the CIA actually uh, wa- uh, pretty much, like, paid some kid or, like, set some kid up to sell crack cocaine um, and then, like, busted him, like, an 18-year-old kid, mm-hmm. so that um, George H.W. in, like, one of his first, like, televised addresses could, like, hold up a bag of crack yeah. cocaine this was, you know, caught, name. like, Please sold notice. sold by an 18-year-old child right across the street from the White House. The funniest part of that story, or, well, I suppose the only funny part of that story, is that um, when they asked the kid to, like, meet them near the White House, he was like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Where's that? Well, you know, uh uh, what Zach was talking about is like the way that like the feds will like entrap people like uh, and then arrest them I mean, like what like one of the things that they do is like they'll target people who like are uh, a lo- oftentimes a lot of people they target are like you know mentally disabled people and like there was even one instance yeah. that I heard about where uh, they had gotten like the, the FBI created like fake accounts and started trying to like basically trying to radicalize like um, like this guy um, into trying to commit a terrorist attack and he didn't even really want to do it and they were just like they were like trying to like tell him no you should do this like go for it fucking do it and like he didn't even have the resources to pull it off they yeah. literally went to stores and bought the materials to fucking make bombs and give it and give it to this guy and Yo. fucking arrested him for it. Yeah, it's like- that actually also happened to John DeLorean, um, the inventor. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Um, not a bomb though. Uh, he was like hooked on coke and like heavily in debt because that car fucking tanked. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen this. Uh, There's a documentary. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he was totally broken. So the FBI set him up with money and like a fake dealer with cocaine and they pretty much like did all the crimes and were like cajoling these people into doing a crime. And then they did it and they're like, ha, we got you, bitch. And it just <laughs> went, it went to court and it just fucking fell apart. <laughs> Yeah, I like so which you can this, only hope is going to happen with this. But, exactly. I mean, but, with this uh, recent situation with ICE, one of the most infuriating things about this is, according to this Free Press article, attorneys for ICE and the Department of Justice maintain that the students should have known it was not a legitimate u- university because it did not have classes in a physical location. Motherfuckers, you fucking told them it was real. They- they it was got, on the website for the university. It was they said that it was real and it was an accredited institution. They got the fucking uni- they got their fake university accredited. Like I mean with this is what taxpayer dollars are going for is to make to to make an like as realistic of a fake university as possible and then like use it as like a fucking like trap for undesirables yeah um the majority of the students who have been arrested and deported were from india actually Mm -hmm. oh well i mean you know trump and modi are such good friends maybe they can work something out about this (laughs) 
It was all just a mistake. We hate the other brown people. <laughs> I think it's um, it's interesting to me this idea of what should look like a legitimate university. If you were not from the U.S. and you came here and saw a lot of universities, they that are legitimate universities or higher ed institutions, they would not necessarily all look like what we think legitimate universities are. Yeah. You know, like they're like all online now. Mm -hmm. They advertise on Facebook. Yeah. Plus, you know, for-profit institutions, which are like still fine apparently. Um, Like why wouldn't this look like a regular ass American education institution? I mean, I think one of the things that is uh, like not on the surface of this because, you know, it's like so appalling what has been done to these people. But it is really interesting how um, like phony our university system is Mm -hmm. that you can literally just set up an accredited university Mm -hmm. like out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, And be like, okay, well, we're going to offer classes. Um, And I mean, the thing is, is they could have literally offered classes you know, they could have had ICE agents pretend to teach math, and they would have been an accredited university, and these people would have left with fucking degrees. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, they, and they could have, they took their fucking money. They yeah. took their money. They had the money to do it. It's like, um, God, that would have been awesome. It's like when, like, uh, like, the mashup of, like, cops in that movie accepted. Yes. <laughs> I never saw that movie. Oh, my uh, they God. Just, like, uh, they create a fake school. <laughs> oh, I, but, like, yeah. It's like, you know, to, to give kids a different alternative education. Yeah. Right. Well, at first, it's just, like, a bunch of people who, like, didn't get accepted elsewhere. They're like, can you print us off a fake acceptance letter to your school? <laughs> South Harmon like oh wow i can show this to my parents my sister um she made like a facebook post she like posts um christian social justice things on facebook all day long and she's been through um various naturalization processes with a number of members of her family over like a very long time and one thing she always points out that people don't understand is just like the amount of money the U.S. government gets out of you sort of at every point in this process, mm-hmm. um, sometimes like annually, just thousands and thousands of dollars. And she pointed out that not only did these people, you know, they had this tuition, they gave the government money to apply for all these things that they thought were legitimate, that were listed as legitimate on government websites. Yeah. She's a homeschooler, so she's also really into teaching media literacy. And so this idea that a .gov website had failed people is just like extremely upsetting to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all of these and they, you know, so thousands of dollars in tuition, but also in just getting like visa applications and shit like that. Right. right? I mean, I I'm not a lawyer, but <laughs> I it seems to me like in a sane world, this would be considered fraud. Like mm-hmm. it's it's fraud. But but because but because it's being carried out by the federal government, it's a sting operation. Well, in the 60s, apparently, uh, well, at least under Nixon. So that might have been the 70s. Um, uh, the CIA or maybe it was the FBI, I think it might've been the FBI wanted to get like, uh, information from an Israeli embassy in I think California or some shit. And so they bought a garbage collection company and, uh, collected the trash of the fucking embassy so that they could piece together their shredded papers. (laughs) That is, like, one of the best arguments for public waste management that I've ever heard. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, you know, that, it honestly sounds legal, what they did. Oh, I mean, I, I doubt that <laughs> it's illegal. Idea. It's, it's, it's incredibly funny, though, that it's like, oh, well, we'll just buy, we'll have the CIA is operating a garbage collection. Like, did they collect the other people's garbage that were on their routes? Just or garbage <laughs> <collection for government. laughs> They're just like, uh, yeah, we really only wanted their trash, so we'll see you guys later. Wow. So, I don't know. When is somebody going to invade us for this bullshit, huh? No? Okay. I always get in Ooh. trouble whenever I ask to get invaded by a <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm, I'm more curious. I'm, I'm less curious about the when and more about the who. China. <sighs> yeah. What can we do to empower other militaries <laughs> so they can just? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um. Well, it would really, it, you know, it would take a lot of pressure off of the Democratic primary if another country, you know, just took over. So, uh, Politico reported uh, a few days ago that, according to. Uh, I guess one of uh, an advisor, a close advisor of former President Barack Obama uh, had said that uh, he basically said that if Bernie is getting too close to taking the nomination, that Obama is going to somehow step in and intervene. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how or at what point that will happen. I'm assuming they don't think that Bernie Right. I mean, uh, I guess we'll see after um, the first four states and Super Tuesday. Uh, I mean, that's Obama, though. You know, he's yeah. always been a moderate. He's never been. That's true, yeah. Mm hmm. You know, he's governed the one. And there's I mean... this weird perception, I think, that it's kind of coming off more now, especially uh, as these comments kind of come, uh, continue to come out like, uh, don't go too far left. Like, mm hmm. Because there was always this veneer. Uh, well, he for, ran as a transformative fucking candidate. Literally as an organizer, right? As yes. a community organizer. Um, and, you know, like the fact that Obama is like a total centrist or like, you know, just a classic liberal Democrat. Um, you know, it's like you, you just need to look at the way that he governed. Um so I was, you know, really pissed off, but not terribly surprised to read that. Um, you know, I would be pretty furious if Obama did decide to, like, wade into the primary just to just so that we could have a repeat of uh, 2016. Um, That's exactly what would happen, too. It, it is literally exactly what would happen. Because, I, mean, uh, I mean, if you do... If the if the uh, bid to stop Sanders is successful, if it is literally anyone except for Sanders and Warren, and you know, I honestly think just Sanders, it's gonna be a fucking catastrophe. But the thing that really blew me away, considering how um, you know neoliberal uh, Warren is, is was this bit? Um, as for Warren, the candidate who has tried to bridge the worlds of Sanders and Obama. Obama's relationship has been, um, or with Warren, is famously complicated. Back in early 2015, uh, Obama said privately that if Democrats rallied around her as their nominee, it would be a repudiation of him. 
a clear sign that his economic decisions after the Great Recession had been seen as inadequate. Well, they were. Oh, he like, sounds like a baby. Yeah. It's like, damn, damn, Barry, maybe you should have done something a little more adequate. I mean, it seems like, I mean, he, he's really, like, really concerned with, like, you know, his legacy and how people are going to see him in the future. Yeah. I think if he's really that concerned about it, he should shut the fuck up and go away. Yeah. Because, like, the more he tries to get involved, the more it, the more it uh, causes people to actually relitigate his presidency in the way that he handled things. And and frankly, they should because they absolutely should. The handling of the Great Recession was fucking idiotic. Um, you know, to to decide to go in and to negotiate with people who are begging you to give them the money of the people that they just stole from to bail them out is like no. There's no negotiation to be had here. This is like really basic kind of understanding of how this works. He was given FDR, he, in the moment, he had FDR-level authority to reshape the economy. Exactly. In a way that... And the New Deal... changed America. The New Deal had incredible uh, restrictions on banking practices to prevent something like that from happening again. There was... Uh, comparatively, there has been no walls put up... Um, you know, famously, no one went to jail. Uh, these CEOs continue to collect, like, you know, eight, nine-figure salaries while they were filing for bankruptcy. You know, they, they I the wonder if anyone money. missed a fucking paycheck. I remember there was, like, there was the articles, like, you know, people losing their homes, like, mm-hmm. you know, committing suicide, losing their jobs, and, like... And then there the was, CEOs, like, a raise. CEOs are down in the Bahamas. Like, yeah. They used the bailout money to give themselves bonuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something that Rahm Emanuel was uh, part of causing that controversy, because... He was immediately part of the, uh, you know, the Obama team uh, advocating for the blue dog Democrats that supposedly, you know, are the only reason why Obama didn't get like, you know, things really done when they had those two years where they controlled the fucking House and the Senate. It's, it's really just the conservative Democrats like, yo. It is always the conservative Democrats. It's really funny that, you know. It's being said by people like Nancy Pelosi. Oh, it's only the conservative Democrats that are the reason that we didn't really get things done. You are those people. Mm-hmm. He also didn't have good words for Joe Biden, so it makes me wonder who is Team Obama supporting. Deval Patrick. Deval Patrick. Well, I mean, <laughs> the interesting thing about Deval Patrick is Vermin I mean, Supreme. Talk about how, <laughs> how important it is. You can really judge a, a president by. Who they appoint to these offices, like uh, you know, Obama was appointing the same people, you know, Larry Summers and, and fucking Geithner. Geithner, yeah, the whole the whole crew, and um, one of the people that uh, Warren had mentioned that she would appoint in her cabinet was Deval Patrick, which I don't know if you know anything about Deval Patrick, but he's like a former guy. Bain Capital. Yeah, yeah, he's very Wall Street friendly. It goes completely against the idea of what Warren tries to represent herself as. So. I, uh, that was uh, quite the mirror. But that was like a week before 
Patrick well, also, like, in when that happened, like, when she said his name, she was being asked to name, like, a person of color that she would put in her cabinet, right? Yeah. And so, it se- <laughs> honestly, it seems like she was just scrambling and just threw out the name of just a person of color she knew. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, oh, uh, he's the governor of my state. Uh, I am. Which, yeah, I mean, there's no, there's, like, well, there's, there's no room progressive. Uh, she should have. She should have named herself as a person of color that she'd put in her cabinet. <laughs> when are people gonna bring that up? Because like it, it, we can't just pretend that that didn't happen. Like it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, most Democrats seem perfectly content with pretending it didn't happen. But Yeah, I mean, actually, I suppose it's not a big deal if everyone just pretends that it never happened. I mean, she apologized. She did apologize. Did she, uh, she did apologize for pretty much saying that she was Native American for like decades. I don't think we can resolve this like until we decades. get a My Truth video from Elizabeth Warren. Okay. Uh, uh, what? That was a that was a beauty YouTube community joke. Oh. You know, on the floor in a sweatshirt crying because you did something racist <laughs> video. <laughs> a My Truth video. Okay, yeah. I'm, I, 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 I would be into this. I would like this. to see that, yeah. yeah. I would like to see it. Has she... Uh, <laughs> Did she apologize for Pow Wow Chow yet? <laughs> we still uh, we, need to get that book and like make some recipes. From uh, well, it. she only contributed recipes, so we should just make her recipes. Yeah, do a cooking episode. <laughs> Completely in audio format. <laughs> <laughs> we we are going to explain what is happening. <laughs> here we here we are opening this giant jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> Ben has dropped something on his head, and there are little Twitter-style birds just circling. <laughs> Why do you think Deval Patrick got in the race? Do you think, it's, do you think he honestly thinks he can win, or do you think it's like a, there's a secondary goal there? Um, I, I think, honestly, I mean, as far as I can tell, it seems like it's just an extension, a continuation of this, like, ridiculous centrist logic that the more centrist we put in the race, like, the more, like, the, the stronger we will, will, we will be against Sanders. I heard a theory, uh, sounds pretty convincing to me, that the reason that Deval Patrick is in the race is to make it so that New Hampshire, because he's uh, a bordering state of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. um, make New Hampshire less of a win for uh, either Sanders or Warren. So that way... That New Hampshire? Yeah. Do you believe that? Do you believe... Isn't New, Ham- New Hampshire just full of, like, militia people exclusively? Like, if New Hampshire's going to vote for... a I mean, Sanders would probably okay. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, like, I think is there Sanders, any good reason why he? I think Sanders he, he won in twenty sixteen. There is there any good reason why we could imagine Sanders not winning New Hampshire? No, New Hampshire no. is just Vermont with like a hundred times the guns, right? And as you may recall, <laughs> as you may recall, Bernie Sanders is soft on guns. As is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll necessarily work, but. I don't think it's necessarily to stop Sanders as much as it is to stop Warren. Yeah, yeah. The same people that would vote for Warren in New Hampshire would, would possibly vote for a DeVault Patrick. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that all sounds perfectly fine for me. Split split that vote as yeah. much as possible, keep, baby. Keep getting those, like, uh, you know, suburban, suburban centrists. Do you think Bloomberg's money will have any effect? 
I mean, Styers had someone. He was able to buy himself another debate. I think uh, Bloomberg spending this much money on something that everyone knows is like a totally idiotic attempt at something he will never be able to get is a fabulous example of how we do need a wealth tax because there's no way that the public could spend money more wastefully than these people with their idiotic vanity projects. We need a wealth tax to keep rich people from running for president? Yes. That's a good idea. Um, that's a great idea. Yeah. That's that's my plan, folks. And with that, I enter the Democratic primary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, someone should enter the primary with the slogan "I'm different." <laughs> I mean, this is that's essentially all of the centrists right now. You know, there, someone there's a, there's a person that I know that a couple of you guys know too. I'm not I'm not going to name this person, um, but I wonderful. They they were telling me I want to say it was like either earlier this year or like later th- or later last year that they were going to that they wanted to run for president. Mind you, this person's like I'm pretty sure like 27 years old <laughs> and they're explaining to me that uh you you have to be 35 in order to to win the presidency, but you don't have to be 35 to run. Oh, that's very clever. And I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> I uh... I think it is not true. It doesn't sound true to me, well, but if it, if, well, if it is, I though, don't think you could get on the ballot is the yeah. thing, but, but you could, not trying to you get could to say ballot, that right? you're running for president, right. though, yeah, I and mean, have a whole campaign. I don't think there's anything nothing. legal that could prevent you from declaring that you are running for president. Uh, D's not running for president. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm just saying, Matthias, yeah. you, could, you could definitely... You could definitely uh, throw your hat in the race. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get on the ballot. You're not going to get on the debate stage. And probably no one outside of the greater Lansing area is going to hear about you at all. But I think you should do it. John Delaney spent literally millions of dollars and you're already tied with him. That's true. (laughs) So I went out for sushi the other night at, Uh like, uh, not the worst East Lansing sushi establishment, but, like, definitely not the best. And there was a girl on the adjacent table. She must have been, like, 24. She ordered a Blue Moon. And she uh, was wearing a Kamala Harris T-shirt. Oh, no. Oh, yikes. That was a, that was a, a fun fad yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> that's what I, I, you know, I think that's, like, a common thing. Like, you seen it go. Like, the, the richer upper white uh, vote is the upper class white vote is very uh, finicky this year. It went from Kamala. She bought a t-shirt, to though. Warren to now they left Warren and went to Pete. Um, I wonder if this is like a rerun of uh, the 2012 uh, Republican primary mm-hmm. where you had just like a fucking like clown car full of weirdos <laughs> just exactly like coming out right having now. having their 15 minutes yeah. like one after another. Yeah. I was reminded that Rick Santorum won Iowa. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who else? Was there? I don't remember. Um, any Herman Kane. Herman oh, Kane. I remember oh, Herman Kane very well. Ducky. Okay, the nine 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 plan. A little uh, Lansing fact here. Um, my husband worked for the state of Michigan at that time, and there was some sort of rally downtown, and he stole a hot dog from Herman Kane. Hell yeah. 
Wait, your husband stole a hot dog from Harmony Yes, Kane? he will tell you this story. Because there was a hot dog stand. I would he, love to hear this story. He, well, he will tell you this, which is that he went to eat it and it had barbecue sauce on it. <laughs> and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> wait, did, wait. He, so went, he stole did, Harmon Kane's hot dog to eat it. Where did the hot dog come from? A hot dog stand. And they had barbecue this, sauce? I'm assuming they had other things like chicken fingers oh, or something. Okay. Or maybe he, I don't know. I was going to say, he I've, brought I've, I've his never, own barbecue sauce. Yeah, exactly. I've never heard of a hot dog stand like that Hillary, has barbecue Hillary sauce. Hillary with her hot sauce. Yeah, that's a good question. I'll follow up with him, but he will tell this story to anyone. I yes. will listen to it. Yeah. I, I'm definitely asking about that I'm the next worried, time I see I'm worried him. now that I've told the whole world that it was all made up, that that could be. <laughs> Herman Cain really did have a moment, though. Yeah. And he was, what was his claim to fame? He was the head of a pizza company yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the completely pizza insane company. head of a pizza company <laughs> the, the, I, all right. like others <laughs> well uh we'll be getting into pizza moguls later um but i, I wanted to ask did you guys hear uh that it was it was reported that uh, according to uh, some of kamala harris's staffers uh the whole Kamala Kamala is a cop uh, Twitter meme helped destroy her campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I feel partially responsible for that. Uh, Are you you're are you you're willing to take responsibility, Zachary? I am a admin of one of the largest Kamala Harris is a cop Facebook pages. So yes, I will take responsibility. Zach is coming out as a. They say that the internet isn't real activism. They say that's not, but it just destroyed her campaign. I saw one of her, like, videos. I'm assuming she made it on Twitter because I follow a lot of, like, scholars. And so I get exposed to, like, really bad Democrats on my Twitter feed. Yeah. And I saw one of her videos or, like, two seconds of it, the one where she's, like... I prosecuted sexual deviance. Oh my god! And then there's like it like cut it like cuts to Trump. I don't think it's a deviance, but like that yeah. was that was the vibe. She's like, um, yeah, no, I think it's wonderful that uh, people calling her a cop, uh, you know, bitter in the ass because uh, there should be social consequences for people who, you know, seek draconian sentences for uh, marijuana possession and. There should be social consequences for being a cop. Yes. Uh, Yes, there should. Uh, uh, What was the uh, dumbest blue check Twitter take from the beginning of 2019? Um, Beto will steal all Bernie's votes because uh, they care about nothing but supporting white men. Or that a lot of people think Kamala Harris is being a cop is a bad thing, but a lot of people don't understand that cops are actually good. Most people respect them. Which one's more awful? I think that actually most uh, morons do like have a just kind of a nascent deference to authority. Um, but I think that they're both pretty galaxy brain, so it's really hard to say. Yeah, like people definitely like quote unquote respect cops, but nobody wants to vote for someone they that's authority now. They want to yeah. vote for cool people, mm-hmm. right? They want they want candidates who can do memes. Yeah, yeah. like Andrew Yang. Yeah, the kids want Andrew Yang. <laughs> the kids wanted Mike Gravel. Okay, yeah. the kids. Yeah, no, that's true. Like, um, if, if that was 100% true, if it was just about the memes, Mike Gravel would have already won the nomination. <laughs> um, or, uh, you know. I think there's really only, like, 
the teens who are like in a Mike Gravel suit <laughs> standing on top of each other. You have a different um, like atmosphere. I guess you surround yourself with like the academics and whatnot. But most of my online. Wait, who are you talking to? Me. Ricky. Oh, Ricky. Okay. I was gonna. I thought for a second I thought you were talking to me. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, but, like, from what I can tell, there's only like three candidates really with like a decent online presence, like Tulsi, Yang, and. Yeah. Well, I also spend a lot of time in like. Reddits that I won't name. So there's a lot of Tulsi positivity in my life, and it kind I kind of buy some of it. But you know, the they infect my brain a little. I like her foreign policy, broadly speaking. It's better than most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I always say, it's de- not default Bernie. top five. Yeah. Oh yeah, but, uh, you're going to get so many ads. Wait, what? Like, would would could you say that again? Um, Tulsi is the Elizabeth Warren to Bernie in terms of foreign policy. It's not as bad as the rest of the Democratic Party, but it's also just not quite there. I mean, I think that's fair. I think that any candidate who's willing to say, "Hey, we should we should do less war," I think that's just like a net good yeah yeah no that, yeah. that's what i'm saying i think it's it's a net good overall in terms of like it people should hear that just like constantly because yeah. it's uh you know a horrible fucking thing mm-hmm. and i mean gravel gravel was the only candidate who who explicitly said yeah. no more war period yeah but and he was a veteran mm-hmm. yeah was he a veteran yes he was oh okay i didn't know that I think he was in, like, Vietnam or something. Oh, I yeah. feel like he was in office during Vietnam. Can someone look this up? Well, he's he, been in well, office. You know, you're right. You're he right. He's the one he who probably... leaked the Pentagon Papers. Yeah. He's been a politician, like, since he was 11 or something. <laughs> okay, so he was definitely not in Vietnam. No, it was, like, the Korean War or something. Yeah, it would be. The le- One of the least remembered American wars of the 20th century. I mean, I or the least remembered thing, wars of the 20th century. One thing I like about him, he has a really serious legacy that nobody like seems to have noticed, probably because he's still alive. Yeah. But we talk a lot about how Bernie has ties to the civil rights movement, but I always like that Gravel. He's a really interesting figure because of his ties to a Democratic Party that was so different from the one we have today, right? The Democratic Party yeah. of McGovern or whatever, right? Like an explicitly anti-war Democratic Party. Um, so I think he, he has a lot of insights that we could have really benefited from if they had let him go on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. No, it's kind of a bummer that he didn't get any airtime. Oh, he would have destroyed. Like, oh, my God. Even, Pete Buttigieg would have gone already. He would <laughs> He'd be dead. Well, uh, we're almost out of time here, but we do have uh, one more segment. Um, and this segment uh, is called <laughs> What the Fuck? Um, we are going to uh, go over some stories and headlines that are just like really, really weird and dumb. Um, the first one, I don't know if you guys heard this uh, from this last week. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said on Wednesday he was honored to be named this year's Person of the Year by Whole Foods Magazine. Was he really? Or he was. Did he I'm pretty that? sure. I'm pretty sure that uh, Person of the Year is traditionally supposed to go to a human being. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Not a tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> or a fucking soulless vampire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
he says, uh, yeah, he, he was recognized as the most influential person in the natural products industry, specifically because what? of his uh, because of his work to legalize industrial hemp for farmers in Kentucky and around the country. You guys know that um, Land, uh, Time magazine uh, nominated Hitler as person of the year? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I feel like Hitler was not, definitely not was definitely the person of that year. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> was. He was. He was debated uh, for Time's Person of the Century. Actually, I would agree that he mm, and could be one of the most important people of the century. Yeah. They put Albert Einstein on. I, I remember yeah. my mom bought me that as a keepsake. Yeah. Because I was into physicists when I was 11. But do you remember they literally had that section where it was like, why we yeah. didn't do Hitler? Yeah, yeah, I, re- I read all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. It should have been Mao Zedong, the glorious leader. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you really think about it, I think Marx was the person of the century. Yeah, century actually. His, his death. That's, that's very true. Damn, no, that is entirely, yeah. So uh, obviously this is a podcast and we that can't. Shit uh, deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously this is a podcast. We can't throw up the photo, but it has been uh, flying around the fucking internet uh, since <laughs> since Biden's, it happened. Biden fingers. <laughs> Biden fingers at a campaign stop in Iowa yesterday. <laughs> um, Jill Biden, Joe Biden's wife, was up on uh, was up on stage at the podium and she flung her arms open. Um, you know when she was gesturing, <laughs> and Biden le- like her husband Joe Biden leans forward and puts his mouth on her fingers. You know, I just, I, I saw this and I just did not, I didn't know how to react. I'm like, I know how to react. I don't want to see it. I do not like, I, you don't love to see it. I knew right then and there that I was wrong when I said Joe Biden should have dropped out of this race a month and a half. (laughs) I was a hundred percent wrong. Keep him in forever until... Honestly, he should run past the election. <laughs> yeah, he should just keep running. You know, the election's over. Like Forrest Gump. He knows that America is sick of watching a loveless marriage in the White House. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> He's campaigning as the antithesis of Trump in every way. I'll suck on Joe my wife's Biden. toes in public. <laughs> Joe Biden keeping that spark alive. <laughs> can we can can someone okay, so I've Biden seen this image, but I intentionally did not read any context because I was waiting for you to explain to me why. Is there a reason <laughs> that he's was she like, did she have like a paper cut or something? Has there ever been any I attempt to explain? No. I, I would, I would I love to video, know. No. I would love to know what the explanation. She, she had a splinter in the top, in the tip of her finger. <laughs> yeah, Joe. Joe was just sympathetically uh, uh, taking a splinter out of his wife's finger. But yeah, I mean, she's just a spur of the moment. Uh, all of a sudden, and like her reaction was like. <laughs> jerk, jerk away, cause like, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, Honey, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you okay over there? <laughs> we are in public. It's even worse because he has dentures, so like, like, like cl- do you guys see the close up? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I've turned this. I've I've made so many memes. Okay. So many memes. I just, I. 
I, I do want to reiterate Ricky's question. Has there been any kind of rationale as to why he fucking did this? I just... He was hungry. <laughs> to own Donald Trump. To, yeah, to own Donald Trump. There will be no malarkey on his campaign. <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I saw this. Oh, God. <laughs> He's... He's really focused. He's really focused on that finger. That that really looks like a suckling baby. <laughs> Why is this happening? You know what's funny is we're going to forget about this. Like yes. all of the rest of it, yeah. we're going to forget this ever happened. I was just reminiscing about the whole um, Obama getting a tremendous amount of shit for ordering Dijon mustard on a sandwich. Yeah. Like, oh, the fancy liberal <laughs> president wants French mustard. With his hand fucking soup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the saluting the Marines mm-hmm. with a latte. See, we remember all of those, but what don't we remember? Oh, my God. Yeah. No, so many things. Can we take just a split second to remember Howard Dean? Howard Dean. Yeah! Hey, I will say, Howard Dean, I think he got a bad rep. That? He got a bad rep. I think he was... He was progressive for his time, and he got a bad rap because because he made a funny sound once, one time. <laughs> How many funny sounds has Joseph Biden made? Uh, yeah. How many like truly unsettling noises have come out of his <laughs> mouth on the campaign trail? Well, every time that he is near women or children. It seems that he tries to outdo himself. I mean, so. probably probably the most disturbing sound you can f- hear from him is when you meet him in person. You hear, right, like right next to your right next to your head, violent inhalation. <laughs> like, is there a line of coke in my hair? That that would have been such a good ex- explanation for that whole thing. <laughs> Did you guys hear about the thing that happened in Iowa with Biden today? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Another thing? Yeah, it's not as crazy. It's not as crazy. Okay. It's kind of funny, but it's not as crazy. Okay. But he walks into, like, a, a diner and, uh... Like, he Biden walks, walks into a diner. Oh, yeah, he, like, yeah. kind of, like, starts walking up to this guy, and the guy is, like, watching the football game that's on TV, and, like, he just completely ignores <laughs> And then, like, afterwards, the reporter's like, did, did you not notice, like, Biden there? He's like, who? And he's like... <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden, he's like, I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> he's like the VP to uh, President Obama, and the guy's like, oh, no, I'm a Republican. I don't know <laughs> so, like, an- another, more evidence about the swing voter thesis, right? Yeah. Joe Biden is obviously not going to win that guy. Yeah, no. Don't you the- want the vice president of our first black president, the who? <laughs> there are two of them? <laughs> Okay, so we we have we have one more one more one more story before we wrap up, and uh, it's uh, I don't know I think it's the funniest one from this whole last week, and this this whole last week was just filled with like just the weirdest dumbest stories, like like a couple that I didn't mention was uh, one uh, Hasbro just acquired uh, Death Row Records, which is. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking toy company now owns the record label God, that published all of Tupac's music. <laughs> uh, uh, shit. Um, Tupac for tots. 
Um, um, uh, uh, Kids Bop is going to have all the Tupac songs on it now. Also, when uh, when Trump uh, tweeted that photo of his face, like photoshopped onto Rocky Balboa, uh, his campaign put out a statement disputing that it was that it was photoshopped. Oh my God! Oh my God! Okay, see, and these are the moments where I'm like. This is actually great. This is wonderful. I'm really glad that we are where we are. No, uh, the president's photo was not photoshopped. He actually does, in fact, have the body of Rocky Balboa. My favorite was uh, somebody taking uh, Sylvester Stallone's uh, head and photoshopping it onto body. Standing at a 45-degree angle to the ground. So the, the actual last story we're going to talk about is the big, damp uh, pizza man, uh, which I'm sure everyone's seen because it spawned a million memes. But, Ricky, you said that you're unfamiliar with this, aren't you? I am familiar, but I don't know what or why. Did you did you I've see been... the did you see the interview? I, I've seen the memes of the interview. OK, so this is the actual clip. I've had over 40 pizzas in the last 30 days. Livy currently and Mark Shapiro should be in jail. He has no pizza experience. He's never been in the pizza category. I would just say, stay tuned. The day of reckoning will come. The record will be straight. Why not set the record straight down? I mean, what is it about the record that's not straight? <laughs> stay tuned. So wait, is he also running for president? No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking amazing. 40 pizzas. <laughs> in 30, 30 days. days. I I really didn't think that that was that impressive until I saw someone on Twitter like break down what that meant. And now I, yeah, I like think like almost it's, three pizzas I every single like, day. I think that's like a little impressive. <laughs> I feel 40 like I pizzas could. pizzas in 30 days. I genuinely think I could do it. So yeah, for, 40 uh, pizzas in 30 days. It's like. Pizzas that's not that much. He's like a I cruiserweight mean, wrestler. So for for anyone who's um, I guess it depends on how like I could probably eat a hot and ready every single day mm -hmm, a hot mm -hmm. a hot and ready and like a half or a third <laughs> every single day for a month. We should I train. would despise my I would um, probably jump off the overpass. <laughs> so for for anyone who is who is <laughs> it, it will for it anyone will. who is as of yet uh, still unfamiliar with this story, uh, Papa John. Uh, the Papa John. Uh, Papa John Schnatter, Schnader, I think is his name. The founder of Papa John's Pizza. That's uh, a very Italian. He thing. was he was uh, fired or forced to resign last year uh, when a recording came out with him like saying the N word on a conference call. So I was asking if this was the same guy. The same guy. The same guy. And so in this interview, he's explaining that he's he's just eaten forty pizzas in the last thirty days. And I think all of our pizza CEOs have lost their goddamn minds. Like, that. They're all crazy. I mean, think about it. This guy, um, I'm uh, Herman McCain. Okay. Herman yeah. McCain. Can we? <laughs> yes. Tom Monahan. I love. Anybody Herman remember McCain. Tom Monahan? Um, yeah, Illich was pretty sane, all things considered. Tom Monahan sold off Domino's as well as the the Detroit Tigers to start a Catholic university so that he could make a town in Florida where it was illegal to have birth control or be gay. Okay. Awesome. Well, you know. Can we get all of the pizza CEOs and have them fight to the death? 
<laughs> I I think we might be getting that with with Papa John Schneider. That That's what I'm wondering is that because like in this interview he's talking about like the new CEO of Papa John's Pizza, which replaced him after he after he was fired, and he's saying that the, a, a day of reckoning is okay. Common. It's going to be like. <laughs> It's going to be like the scene in V for Vendetta where, like, all the TVs <laughs> change to Papa John's face. <laughs> and he's, like, uh, does some, like, uh, Heath Ledger Joker thing where he's, like, I've got, like, a wheel of fortune of all the zip codes <laughs> of the Papa John's. <laughs> I swear. And I'm gonna bomb one of them. <laughs> they should be they should be searching his basement right now because I swear to God he has the materials for building a fucking pipe bomb in there. The, the, the CIA are actually selling him these materials. <laughs> But I, uh, from, from now on, from now on, when I want to attack someone's credibility, oh I'm going to say they have no pizza experience. Yeah. They have never even been in the pizza category. That's they, like should, me. they should be in jail because they have no pizza experience. Whenever someone on Twitter gets mad because they like find out about Detroit style pizza, that's me. No pizza experience. It's very important experience, folks. It is. It's much better than a Chicago deep dish. I've actually, I've actually, it's far I'm not sure I've ever had Detroit style pizza. What is, what is that like? Like the square kind at Jets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I like dish, that. Right? Yeah, it's the oh, best yeah. pizza. Yeah. It's, it is. Um, is that like what well, they have I at like Sir a Pizza? Thin crust as well. No, I think, I don't really know I, how to I, explain I, Sir I Pizza. Okay. Because um, it's square. Like yeah, but it's got to be like deep, but it has like a very, it's so different from Chicago style, right? Like it has like a particular kind of strata and crust. It's, it's very fluffy and there's but more. Crispy. Yes. And there's it's caramelization. Like, mm-hmm. So the thing is, like, the legend goes, and I believe that this is true. Um, the legend. Jet, Jets and probably Buddies and some of the other Detro- original ones in Detroit, um, They the pan that they bake it in is, like, a deep square pan that was re- originally used for, like, car parts in the factories. Um, and it's, like, very proprietary. Like, you can't get your hands on one of these pans. Hmm. It's a whole thing. Interesting. That's pretty dope. I believe that that's, that's a good true origin with my story. whole heart. I don't care if it's true. That's it's true as far as I care. Yeah. I believe in ur- ur- I believe in all urban legends. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Literally all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, we should probably wrap up now. So, uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Uh, please make sure that you subscribe to our show on. Uh, what is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever else you get podcasts. Please make sure to rate and review us uh, if you haven't already done that because it will help new people find our show. Uh, make sure to like us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can find us on Twitter at SOTRpod. Um, you can email us at SOTRpod at gmail.com. Send us your questions, comments, and threats. And you should also consider subscribing to us on Patreon as well. Uh, We are putting out bonus content for our patrons to listen to. We have unlocked the first couple of bonus episodes that we've done, but we are not making a habit out of that. So if you would like to get all of the bonus content, all the bonus episodes that we are taping and releasing, you need to go to patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive and sign up to be a patron today. Anyway, I'm Benjamin Klon. Matthias Bermer. Ricky Reynolds. Cool. We'll be back soon. Bye.